0: Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priest with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. We are joined, as usual, by Pete Sampson from The Athletic. It is North Carolina week. We've already kind of talked about the Tar Heels in our previous podcast because of the bye weekend. The Notre Dame, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over North Carolina in Keenan Memorial Stadium this weekend. Well, actually, on Thanksgiving Friday, over under 64-and-a-half, which is no, it's 67, right, Tim? Yeah, it's, really gone. It's, it really, it's really jumped up. Yeah, it's really jumped up. So, Notre Dame and North Carolina, a lot at stake. Notre Dame can virtually assure themselves of a spot in the ACC championship game with a win over North Carolina, but it won't be easy because the Tar Heels have a whole bunch of offense, and I would imagine that they're going to be ready to play, which they weren't when they played Florida State, and, uh, and, and I got off to a really, really slow start against Florida State then ultimately lost to Virginia, but a lot of offense and not a whole lot of defense this weekend from North Carolina guys.
1: And they're healthy. Um, You know, they actually, I think will have more defense than they've had in the past. Um, They've got storm duck Duck back. Storm duck is back. Storm
2: duck is what matters.
1: Yes. He's migrated back into the defense. So I mean, that, that could be really significant (laughs) for them because that, you know, they give up a lot of big plays. Um, and so, every little bit helps. I know that I mean, their secondary got decimated by sort of opt outs um, in the preseason, and that that's sort of been an issue ever since. but um i I guess I would just go back like North Carolina, I think, is good enough to to beat Notre Dame. um, so every little bit that helps them in that, or like you know makes them a little bit stronger, I think is is significant. You know, it's maybe. I'm, I'm blanking on the, the big body receiver torch Florida state is back this week. Um, Oh, is a good yeah. player. So it's like, you know, that adds, adds to a little bit of the intrigue on Saturday or Friday.
2: Yeah. There's plenty of it. I mean, this was something that seemed like it could get a <laughs> little loose back in the preseason. Right. When you're looking at the schedule and thinking, ah, this is the, this is the trap. This is the one where they will have less to play for the Notre Dame. And Pete, you mentioned, or Tim mentioned, uh, can wrap up an ACC championship berth with a win, basically. The thing is a loss, I think is a huge death knell to your playoff hopes. Then you have to beat Clemson. I mean, if you roll into Clemson again, 11 and zero, and just lose a close one to Clemson, Notre Dame's got as good of an argument as anybody because they're going to have played four more games in Ohio state and things like that to be one of the four. And everybody says, well, the, you know, obviously, I think Pete you brought it up too, Florida is the fly in the ointment if they beat Alabama. Well, all right, well, let's see if that happens first. Let's see Alabama lose to Florida in the SEC championship game before you worry about that as a Notre Dame fan. So winning and taking care of this game is huge for Notre Dame. I, I don't buy the just go win the ACC championship thing. That's that's going to be a lot harder than this.
0: Yeah, and boy, North Carolina need another receiver, so they have both Corrales yeah. now. They, they were short on receivers. Uh, he's a good player. He's 6'4", 210. And uh, early in the season, he did some good things. He's their red zone. He was their red zone guy last year. So add him to to De'Ami Brown, uh, his brother, Choffrey Brown, and, of course, Daz Newsome. And we know the running back situation. So we've gone over that, and we have a bunch of questions about that. And we'll talk about that. But let's jump back into the offensive line. I know for those that joined us for our instant analysis yesterday, we talked about um, the situation now with Tommy Kramer out. Because of the appendectomy, apparently his recovery time will be very short, and he'll be back soon, but not for this Friday. And so it's Lugg at right guard; it's Zeke Correll at center. Uh, Tim, you made a point yesterday about if you were going to lose anybody on the offensive line, you didn't want it to be, you know, your veteran tackle. The other three. The, the other three. Other, yeah. The other <laughs> three. I mean, you know, I, I I think Patterson was playing great football. Tommy yeah. Kramer is a big dude, man. I mean, he was, the zone blocking scheme really agreed with Tommy Kramer where he can play straight ahead as opposed to laterally Uh, North Carolina plays laterally with their big offensive line. But again, we'll get into that, but Notre Dame's offensive line, you know, I still like that. I know we have a question about this in the second segment, but I, I I think we all, and it sounds like Notre Dame Pete uh, feels pretty good about that offensive line going against North Carolina's defensive front.
1: Yeah, I think particularly at center, they feel like there shouldn't be a huge drop off or drop off at all with Zeke Carell. And I think for the for the long haul, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Patterson wasn't playing center next year. So they they feel pretty good about where Zeke Carell is going and you know what he's gonna deliver in his career. And then, you know, right guard kind of what you guys had said. You would want you certainly don't want to lose a tackle. Um you can replace a guard without, I think, sweating it too much. Um, yeah, and your,
0: your point about Correll at center, he's going to get some experience now, and that that will give you the opportunity if you want to move Jared Patterson to, to left tackle, which I think everybody at Notre Dame believes is his best position. Yeah. That's how he was recruited. So that'll give you some flexibility. So that'll work out long-term. Short-term, this is a very blockable <laughs> North Carolina front. They don't. I-
2: I have a question about Lug at guard over Kramer, though. I mean, Lug's a better tackle than he is at guard, and he's right, not as, anywhere right. near as physical as Kramer. So I, I do think it's something to watch to see if they can be as physical with two new guys as they were with those, with Patrick. I agree. It it
0: helps to have a six, seven, 310 pound guy there though, whether it was. He
2: is. Yeah, no, he is. It's the position where you're like, wow, Notre Dame is Joe Moore award-winning line. And if they can bring in a Joe Moore award-winning backup in Josh Lugg, it's pretty, it is a position where they could afford it. It's kind of interesting, but uh, you know, I mean, there's a reason Tommy Kramer never lost the job.
0: there's a, there's a reason why, I mean, I know this is neither here nor there um, when it, when it comes to, what you can do on the college field compared to your ranking coming out of high school. But the number two rated guy in that, in that class behind Kyle Hamilton was Zeke Corral. And it sounds like he's ready to, he's ready to go and ready to play. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, where, where the, if you were to be without Kramer down the road against Clemson, that might be a different situation. Uh, And and Patterson was playing great. I mean, I, I really, really admired the way Patterson was playing the center position. Um, So that hurts You know, I mean, some of the nuances, Zeke Corral, he's still not going to, he's not going to have some of the chemistry and nuances that Patterson has with that group. So there's, there's a, there is a drop-off in some respects, but physically, you know, in an inside zone blocking scheme against North Carolina, I think you're probably going to be okay.
1: Yeah. It's just, I think that if I was North Carolina, I would would blitz the crap out of Notre Dame up the middle and just see how they they
0: will any, they would anyway. Yeah. That seems to be
1: their style. So that, that's a, that would be a little bit of a concern for me if I was Notre Dame. Just a, a recognition point, less not a talent point.
0: Right, Braden Lindsey should be back uh, on the field. Brian Kelly basically said, "Don't believe everything you see on our depth chart that we that we put out because Lindsay would be on that, so that's a good sign." Again, they've got a good thing going with their starting trio at wide receiver, so they don't have to do anything drastic. But uh, Tim, I think you mentioned it yesterday on the instant analysis that. If you can have if you can have Brayden Lindsey play a Chris Brown freshman role from 2012, that'll be good enough. That probably that's a, be good enough for the entire game.
2: That's probably good enough. That's probably good enough for the win. Get him that one uh, outside the red zone touchdown. <laughs> Just keep marching down the field the rest of the time. I mean, he would. That would be a huge difference if Brayden Lindsey can get one big play. Um, and if he can get one big play and a couple medium sized plays, then Notre Dame will really be clicking offensively.
0: It didn't sound like Sebo Flumster was completely uh, healed as of yesterday.
2: No, not the way. He said we'll be careful with him this week. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyree will be the number two if that's the case. Uh, you're not, you know, KAR's name may come up because you're filling in some spots, but he's not getting in if, uh, unless Flemister can't walk. Um,
0: yeah, you know, Kyron Flemister, Williams is the key.
2: If Kyron Williams is Kyron Williams, you just need to be in Tyree for what
0: they game. give If they give the ball to Flemister, you know he's going to play hard. You can be assured of that.
2: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> he'll bounce off something.
1: I guess I, I was a little surprised listening to Kelly because uh, Kyron Williams, weren't we led to believe it was more of a shoulder issue coming out of Boston College? And I thought he intimated that Kyron Williams was getting over an ankle. He did say ankle because he mentioned squatting too. Yeah. He mentioned squatting. As a, as I was just, I was confused by I mean, that.
0: It's it's probably both. Football players live yeah. with stingers all the time, you know? Yeah. And, and so there's a is, there's a fine line between stinger and shoulder injury. Or Stinger probably falls within the category of shoulder injury or so, shoulder setback, um, but yeah, he's had. He's going to end up having thirteen days off, and I'm sure that that he'll be ready to go, which matches what North Carolina has coming back. I, you know, I. I didn't know. I thought I didn't think Storm Duck was coming back until you know I heard earlier this week. I love that name. It you need to me. say
2: that once a podcast for the rest of the year.
0: I didn't know Storm Duck was coming I, back. Everybody's I love the, just... I love the, uh, Pete, I love the migrating yeah. uh, <laughs> reference. That was pretty good. I'm ticked off that I didn't think of it myself. But, uh, you know, but hey, that makes it uh, more of an even playing field. Um, Cause you mentioned, you guys mentioned about the, the opt outs before the season. Who exactly was in that group?
1: Oh, God. I think it was their yeah, top I, corner or their top safety. Their, name, their names are escaping me right now, but it's, um, yeah, they, they were shorthanded from the get-go and the, at the back end of the defense. And they, you know, so they certainly have not played above that, that those issues at all. I mean, they, they give up short plays. They give up medium plays. They give up big plays. I and mean, it's really a game where book should have a lot of yeah. success, but What's let's it?
2: face it. You make, this is a good point. Pete. Um, storm duck makes two plays. That's that's two more than they are going to get. Somebody else makes one play coming back. This game is coming down to making a play to get your defense off the field because it's not like they're shutting down Notre Dame's offense. We're not going to sit there and go, can't believe Notre Dame set its season record for three and outs. That is absolutely no. not happening. So it is is a play made on third and five that never would have been made or that is made in the red zone where he makes a play against Ben Skoronek. There's That's what it comes down to for North Carolina is individual plays like six of them to offset some of Notre Dame's drives because Notre Dame is going to, we talked about this against Clemson. How many plays could they win? We know they're going to lose some. Notre Dame is going to win a lot of plays in this game. It's what they do with those losses probably that matters most in the 15 plays they lose.
0: Do you guys remember the the name Jay Bateman, their defensive oh, coordinator? Yeah. yeah. We talked
1: about him last yeah. week. Yeah. Like we were that surprised was he's, just a real surprise that that defense hasn't been better because – I mean he was, he a, was not okay. far away from getting the Notre Dame job.
0: Right. He was a guy. was he the guy he was a guy at Army, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. When Notre yeah. Dame
0: when Notre Dame played Army a few years ago. So, um but
2: he's the guy that turned around Army's defense after that. too. Yeah, that's, well, the, that's the key.
0: He's he either has no personnel or, <laughs> or according to a poor to, job um, here. According to Greg to Barnes. Had, yeah. You know.
2: According to Greg Barnes from our uh, 24/7 North Carolina site, um it's the horses. He lacks the horses and that's where the blitzing is coming from that's where we need to create something because we simply can't go line up against you and beat you um which you would think would be notre dame will want to simplify it and say well let's just line up and find out
0: that's a that's a tough offense to be shorthanded against and uh so they should pay the they should definitely pay the price this weekend on the defensive side of the ball for north carolina we'll be back segment two talking more notre dame versus north carolina
2: Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrated. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit indianadunes.com.
0: Segment two, burning up the boards. We start with a question from Twitter. Steaks1106, maybe not, maybe it was a new subscriber. How huge is it that class is just wrapped up and the team won't have to stress about class work until after playoffs. Also thoughts on being able to now go back to the bubble like environment at the Morris Inn.
1: I mean, I feel like it's helpful, but you know, the way Brian Kelly described it when he got asked about it on Monday was, it wasn't just like they're going into bowl prep mode. Um, and there, there was even some like lingering finals this week for, for some guys. So I, I don't know, probably like not, not all that significant right now. I think that the significant part will be when you're prepping for in part two, it's not in the middle of final exams.
2: Like, And I think to, it's to me. That's a big deal. I think it's a big deal that some of those guys didn't have to play last week. There have been problems for Kyron Williams, Sebo Flemister, uh, Zeke Kareloff, two days of practice, you know, Tommy Kramer would have had some serious problems on Saturday. Obviously he might not have been able to play when that's when his, that's when his surgery was. Um, I think the yeah I think the advantage is that they didn't play last week, so there's an inherent advantage they get to play now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Pete, to your point of bowl prep, yeah, that that trick that comes in for the Clemson.
0: Yeah, I think it pretty was nice. too. I think it was too fresh off exams for for you know him to look at that way, or even the players. I mean, the fact that this this team is pretty dialed in. I mean, they've
1: uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Tagovailoa,
0: Te- 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 Mosa, you know, talked about yesterday that it's just going to be all football and. Uh, but they, they've they been locked in. So, I mean, that helps. But, I mean, pretty much who they're going against will be all football now, too. I, I would assume uh, aren't other schools, you know, ending this week? or? or I think they, everybody
2: is, aren't they? Yeah, Isn't that I almost mean, think, universal?
0: Yeah. Now, as far as the bubble at Morrison, yeah, that's great. I mean, they're doing great testing-wise. That should help. No students around. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's all good. But I think it, it's, a, it's an advantage that some of the teams that you're playing against will have as well.
2: Gr Irish fan twenty two. What's your confidence level that Notre Dame can hold the North Carolina offense to thirty or less?
0: Ooh, 30's low. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't struggle to get into the thirties, and if they do, they take care of that in the fourth quarter. Right. Uh,
2: yeah. If they're, if they're getting to the thirties in the fourth quarter, it's mission accomplished.
0: I Man, I, I. You know, I think Notre Dame's clearly. North Carolina hasn't played a defense as good as Notre Dame's, but I. But you know, we always say that. And you, you can't hold that against North Carolina's offense. They play who they have to play, and they've been prolific. But they're facing the best defense that they have. And I I, I think Nord is Notre capable of holding, holding them to 27, 28 points? Yeah, I think it's possible. But I think North Carolina is going to be ready and locked and loaded, and they've got some players back defensively, which could help get them the ball back maybe a little bit quicker every other series or so.
2: How about this for both of you final score north carolina has
1: 34 <laughs> points who wins you take it right now
0: yeah i think northern uh, wins that game i think
1: so yeah. too. i i think so
0: I, I, if you I, and if i said well, 28
2: you'd say yes northern will win the game that's yeah, why i think so, that's the area is
0: so if you were guaranteed that north carolina is going at most is going to score 35 points i'd sign up for it i think you'd yeah i think. I have a hard, Pete, You'd feel good about yeah, that.:
1: I, I I don't see a box score where North, North Carolina wins where their score is less than thirty eight.
2: Right. Oh, we keep moving that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going uh, forty two uh, by the time this podcast uh, is over. Four thirty five. Yeah, uh, thirty
0: five is the number that I've been thinking about. You said yeah. thirty four, but um, yeah, we'll see. But I uh, under thirty. Dame's possible. Nord, yeah, it's possible, and I think Notre Dame really, really has to possess the football. Yes. for that, especially yeah. in the fourth quarter. If 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 North Carolina only has the football for five minutes and thirty eight seconds in the fourth quarter, then I see that happening.
2: I think I mentioned this um, off the air to you two. Yeah. Notre Dame could be up forty two to twenty going in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be absolutely shocked. I think, boy, they're playing great. They're going to go play for the championship. But it'll then be. 49 to 34 when the game ends because North Carolina will keep coming, but you can't just keep stopping Sam Howell when you're up by four touchdowns. You, and he's throwing the ball over the place. Eventually, those athletes will score points. So the total points is different than the tenor of the game. You know, if it's 20 points going into the fourth quarter, they'll still get 34, but whatever. They can get those 34 points right. in that manner. Right.
0: Question from TJ O'Malley. What do you want to see early out of the new offensive line grouping?
1: I think just a lack of pressure up the middle. Um, that's that would be about it. Like no no free rushers. Um, you know, Kyron Williams could be part of that picking up because uh, I guess it's you don't want to see multiple free rushers. You can you can scheme your way to one free rusher and then the running back can pick it up. Um, but I don't want to see Kyron Williams having to pick up choose between two guys coming through the A gaps.
0: Well, this and it gets to O'Malley's point, both your points that. You'd rather lose a guard than a, than yeah. a tackle in, in this situation.
1: Yeah, I think
2: pocket pressure humbug, as Pete said. Um, and, you know, as specifically, third and two, is Notre Dame more than happy to just run it right at him and get it from the 40-yard line? That's, that's one of those situations where, look, they're going to know you want – they're not going to want you to do it with Banks, Eichenberg, and Trumbull pulling that side, right? Can you go right? Notre Dame, can, Notre Dame has been able to go right this year. Uh, if they can go both ways, North Carolina's in trouble with the ball control attack.
0: Yeah, I would I would say you know the level of push that this offensive line has gotten up to this point in the season is, I mean, really better overall game by game, quarter by quarter. I think there's been better push this year than when they won the Joe Moore Award. Oh, I agree
2: because they're better right? five across. They just right. Don't have
0: so a- if we're seeing that same kind of push, and it's a certainly a vulnerable North Carolina front, um, and I, and I think you know again, I think the zone blocking scheme plays to that you you block the man in front of you and if if you don't have a man in front of you go to the next level and we've already talked about what I think the Nordames capable of doing against Chas Surratt on the second level Gemmel's a little bit a little bit more stout against the run but yeah just for me that typical that typical push in a, in a zone blocking scheme um and but Pete I think you make a good point I, I, you know because if there's going to be any inexperience it's going to show in blitz pickup mm-hmm.
2: MB Peters 4, speaking of which, who is the next man in on this week's offensive line?
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, I think Dylan Gibbons, because he comes he comes in at guard, and whether you bump lug out there or banks. Or you bump Banks out, um, you know, now the guy after that That's where we get a little worried. It gets a it gets a little tricky. I would say if it were tackle, it would be Kristoffic over Carroll, I believe.
2: Yeah, he's been on varsity a lot longer this year than Carroll. Yeah. Carroll was like the last guy to get in a football game right. this year. And basically. then, and then
0: I think Dirksen is next. Although we've heard that Dirksen's had some some issues with just uh, technique. But if somebody has, somebody's got to go in. If you, yeah, if you get beyond beyond Gibbons, you get beyond, uh, beyond, Gibbons. If you get
2: beyond well, Gibbons. We're going to have some issues going into the North Carolina scoring affair. I think with Notre Dame's yeah. football yeah. teams. So I think they can probably handle Gibbons for. Gibbons could probably do fill his role for a bit, but you're still getting i mean remember when Gibbons came in he still had the four other best linemen next to him as opposed to if Gibbons comes in now he's got two backups lining up next to him that yeah. eventually will add up i mean
1: they're yeah, not, not, not all great right now yeah not a good not a good situation it is kind of interesting to me like Gibbons has actually played more snaps this year than lug um
2: because of that game
1: yeah but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of like well i mean he was. He was the number two at the time, but like now, that's a, a little bit more of a, a longer term
0: situation. Right. You immediately go to love. And I thought Gibbons, I mean, pretty much held his own. We, we've been critical of,
2: yeah, no, he did. Of Mar- he had- of Marvin
0: Wilson and what they what they've done up front, but they came to play the next week against North Carolina, which leads us into the next question. If you would ask that, Tim,
2: ND Squid twenty three. For those that didn't watch every game, could you fill us in on how North Carolina lost to Florida State and Virginia, and for that matter, barely beat PC?
0: Well, there's a, com- there's a common thread and, um, North Carolina's three worst rushing performances were against those three teams, especially, especially Virginia with, which held them, you know, underneath or under, um, 100 yards rushing, but Florida state jumped to a 24, nothing lead. I, I mean, I don't, North Carolina just did not play well in that game. Um, it's
2: one of those games that Florida, and you're totally right about the rushing Tim, but that Florida State game, that was a bit of an odd buzz saw that happened there. Like Florida State was on fire for that game. It happens once in a while, right? They uh, do maybe, have some players. I mean, Notre Dame has run into buzz saws in past years, not not these really really good Notre Dame teams, but you have certainly seen 2014 and 2013 Notre Dame run into buzz saws, right? That's that's what that's what happened, I think. For well, Carolina. you
0: know, every every right. four, last year they ran into one. Every yeah. four or five games, Florida State gets motivated, so. No. I mean,
2: a, I mean, like a bad team, Pete, you know, Michigan's a pretty good team last year, not this year, but uh, I got that in. Um, <laughs> they're not as good this year. I don't know if people uh, that listen to our podcast know that or not. But Michigan's not having as good of a year as this, they did in the past. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Um, but and then the BC thing,
0: I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, they had they hadn't played in three weeks.
2: Yes. That's like saying Notre Dame didn't play well against Duke. That's you know that's a long time ago, man. Right, that, that's
0: and they and they were coming off a three week break because they they had a bye. Well, they right. lost right. the Charlotte game after beating Syracuse, and then they mm-hmm. had a bye. So they were they had played one game, and now they were playing three weeks later. I mean, not making excuses for them, but
2: Virginia is a great one to look at, though. I mean, that's that's yeah, right here and, in the heart and, of the season. Yeah,
0: and Virginia is, I mean, generally speaking, good against the run. They weren't they were last year. They weren't when they played Notre Dame. But uh, you know, it just goes. You know, North Carolina is a good offensive football team. Their shortcomings always point back to the to to playing poor defense.
2: <laughs> yes, it's true.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're, right. they're six and two, and you're not going. And if you list the reasons why, I'm not sure when you would get to a point in favor of the defense. for them being <laughs> right. six and two. <laughs>
2: Where you would take up for the defense's sterling effort in the game? I, would, yeah, no, no, I wouldn't it, think so either.
0: It's more that they are they have six wins because they're so prolific offensively. Yeah. Irish Boy 1, I'm most worried about the success North Carolina could have with their slant passes. Do you think Notre Dame will have success defending the slant? Any special techniques they might use?
1: I mean, Notre Dame drops their ends into the coverage pretty regularly. So, I mean, that would be I, – I could see – Clark Lee kind of gumming up the works a little bit there but it's it's just it's something North Carolina does really well so they're probably going to do it really well on Friday too which is you know if you can get a deflection on one of them and that turns into something we'll see Jack
2: Kaiser dropped in for a slant pass against BC now it was Phil Dracovic not Sam Howell. it was BC not North Carolina it's a lot harder but Clark Lee knows this as well and as Pete said he's going to do something to gum it up but yeah, they're going to complete slant passes and their athletes are going to look really good when they catch it in full stride and run for another 15 yards too. That's just – this is not going to be a shutout.
0: Yeah, I, I look at slants like um, the third option and triple option. You know, you take away the quarterback, you take away the fullback. There's got to be give somewhere. Yeah. Defending the slant, I mean, I think what you guys have suggested, you know, a zone drop or something to defend that and to confuse Howell. But again, he's not going to be confused the way Jurkovic was. But there, it, it's a it's a well-oiled functioning offense, and there has to be some give. And stopping slant every every defense has trouble stopping <laughs> yes. slants. Yeah.
2: yeah. If you throw if you throw a nice slant, it's a problem. If you or take made, away, the, made a hall of fame career out of throwing a slant because if you take guy. away
0: if you take away a slant to Deami Brown, he's going to break off the route and go outside the hash and try to beat you that way. If there's that kind of flexibility within that particular pass play.
1: And I think like this defense is sort of structured to give up that stuff. Like Notre Dame is not a, we're going to take away everything. They're going to take, they're going to play top down. I think Brian Kelly used his keep the points down verbiage this week. So I think that they'll probably be fine giving up quite a few slants.
2: Sean Crawford used top down yesterday and uh, Sean Crawford and Kyle Hamilton are going to have to have very, high profile productive games if Sean Crawford's targeted nine times and he gives up six catches for 87 yards and a touchdown that's okay as long as those other three are tipped third down stop and interception he need Mm -hmm. they're going to need to make some plays um at safety because they're going to give up they're going to give up plays um North Carolina is going to give up more just if they make Tim you mentioned it North Carolina makes those catastrophic turnovers that Boston College and Georgia Tech got that's a problem that's when the problem comes into play
0: yeah you can't if, right. If you uh, was it three to one in yeah. Boston College, yeah. you, can't, you can't, you know, lose the the turnover game by two to, to North Carolina because they will take advantage of that offensively. I, the key is it's first and second down. I mean, if you continuously put them in third and long, yeah. they can't, you know, they're probably against the Nord Ames defense. They're not going to convert 60 percent of those.
2: Not J one. How does Notre Dame's DL match up against North Carolina's OL? Is Notre Dame good enough to make North Carolina
0: one-dimensional? North Carolina's offensive line. I, you know Notre Dame talked about, uh, although I think MTA mentioned it about the size of their offensive line. Notre Dame talked about Georgia Tech's offensive line being so big, but man, this is a, this is a really big offensive line. They've got they've got a right guard at six seven three thirty. They've got they've got a Montalus. I don't believe that. He's not a sibling of Notre Dame's former Montelis on the offensive line, I don't think. Um, he's six four three fifteen. They've got a um, their left guard is six four three twenty five. They're huge, um, and they and they put them on the move. They they run, you know, some counter stuff with their big their big guards on the move. Um, but I you know I still Notre Dame, Notre Dame has proven time and again I think, and this will be. They proved it against Clemson. This would be a stiff test with two running backs. You only get – I don't think they put two on the field at once, so you only have to deal with one of them at a time. Uh, but it's a challenge because it's, uh, it's one of the top rushing teams in the country.
2: And Montaluz is spelled differently.
0: Oh, it is, Check that out it? real
2: fast, yes. Yeah, it
0: is. Thank you. you
2: know, yeah, and top rushing teams in the country, and, I mean, Notre Dame is as well ahead of them. But we should point out Javante Williams is kind of a special back. I mean, that's a I, – I know Travis A.T. is the best – Javante Williams is a heck of a running back, and uh, he is, well, he's ranked ahead of Travis Etienne on Pro Football Focus for one major reason. He hasn't played Notre Dame yet, and Travis Etienne has. <laughs> that probably has a lot to do with it, but uh, he's, he's number one up yeah, there
0: for a reason. Know, I, I find an interesting quote from Matt Brown. He, I, you know, he they, when he got there last year, they just thought he was a short yardage goal <laughs> yeah. line guy. Yeah, and, he, I mean, he has, Javante Williams has surprised their coaching staff at how good he is. I I mean, I think he looks like he's going to play in the NFL to me. And he he apparently, somebody tracks yards after contact and he apparently leads the nation.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Matt Fortuna wrote this in a story today about North Carolina's offense that uh, their two backs have the highest yards per, yards from scrimmage per game average for a combination since Reggie Bush and Lindale White. Yeah,
0: they both average over 100. It's like, Two two twenty something combined. Yeah, that's a bunch.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> two
2: first round picks from the two thousand five team. Uh, I remember those guys too. they were running all over the place. But so. again,
0: only one carries it at a time. So the, so you yeah, know, and and, yeah. and Javante Williams is harder to bring down. There's no, I mean, man, you just watch North Carolina play this year. That he, it's it's incredible how many how many tackles he breaks. Frankly, it looks like. Have you guys seen the senior film? I'm changed, totally, totally off the subject. Have you seen the senior film of the highlights of Lorenzo styles?
1: Uh, yeah. Only, only the game I went to, to watch Lorenzo. <laughs> okay.
0: And did he look like a highlight film that night?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: I will be, uh, I've said all along, I know it's completely off topic, but I've said all along that I wanted to see Lorenzo styles senior year before I ranked him higher within the class. He'll be getting a significant bump. <laughs> Based he's, upon his senior year, yeah. he's been really, really good.
1: If he was All on right. the team now, he'd be returning punts.
0: Yes, back I mean, on topic.
1: Back on topic, but Tim, they are third and sixth.
2: Michael Carter. Yes, Williams and Carter nationally in yards after contact on Power Five teams. That's that's two guys ranked third and sixth. So sounds a lot like Bush and Lendell White there. But I'm hoping they don't look like Reggie Bush during the game because that's always a massive problem for college players. BWAC twenty nine. Over under time of possession for Notre Dame, he sets it at 37. Whew.
1: That would under. be a victory. That would be a victory if it goes over. Yeah. That's it's like you're running out the clock. Uh yeah. Under 37.
0: But 37's. Yeah, that's how about 34 though, because they at
2: least they gotta hold it for 34, right? 33,
0: 34. Well, Notre Dame average is 3405, North uh, Carolina better. averages 3107. I, I realize that they're quick strike, but they also have a running game that you know, yeah. they lead the nation and in plays of 10 yards or more they have 118 um so i mean they do possess the football themselves but they're obviously they're a lot more quick strike than Notre dame is 37 is high though man that's a against a you know in a game in which the line's four and a half i i wouldn't expect Notre dame to be able to possess it uh you would not.
1: I mean, that, yeah, there would have to be some intention to your game plan to hit that number, which, which there, might be. There, which there might be. there might be, actually. Um, and I that's I kind of think... One of the interesting parts of the game is, like, do they play it? You know, you think of the opening drive, um, Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech, I think, where they just, like, all, they score in, like, the first quarters. Yeah. There's, like, seven minutes left. If they if they start the game that way, I think it would be a pretty good signal that they're they're trying to win time of possession to keep Howell off the field, which
0: is possible. I think that's a pretty good philosophy, don't you?
1: Yeah, I like that idea.
0: But if you want a quick strike, them you can do that too because their safeties are terrible. Unless,
2: <laughs> oh well, points are always good. Whether it, whether it's Ky- you know what, Kyron Williams' long run against Clemson was a very good way to start that game, just as good as a seven-play, seventy-five-yard drive.
1: Yeah, how come like Brian Kelly never talks about his offense? We're just trying to keep the points up.
2: <laughs> yeah. He hadn't used points down in a long time, actually, with with Notre Dame. But that's. That's probably the reality. Irish what? gambler with a very pessimistic view of life here. Is this probably Michigan game of nineteen? The Stanford game of eighteen, which I guess is good. Or the Miami game of seventeen, which is the worst thing that's ever happened.
0: Well, I thought maybe he was made a mistake listing Stanford of eighteen. Did maybe he mean seventeen?
2: Maybe he means they're much better than Stanford, even though they're close in the point. I don't spread. know.
0: I guess the I guess the overall point is is this gonna be a will Nording be flat for this game and Man, I just don't. I don't see that. I don't either. I, this, I really team don't. Just, this team, I'm not saying. I'm not saying North Carolina can't or won't be Notre Dame. They they could, but I, I don't see Notre Dame being flat in this game. They're they're dialed in. School's done. Um, you know, all they have is all they have is football. Yeah, they don't and have it, a life.
1: <laughs> and the the thing about those other games, though, Michigan and Miami in particular. Who saw those coming? nobody no not at
2: all that's for <laughs> sure, so, sure. sure. yeah you know, it's
1: like i wouldn't rule any it would surprise me but i wouldn't rule anything out just because it's college football
0: I did walk into Michigan Stadium that night. Yeah, you did. You <laughs> had a bad feeling. And it was
2: raining. It was miserable. And I'm like. I was accosted yeah. by people with the bad feelings. I got off the elevator. They're going to lose. What? What, happened when I, what happened when I was walking in? <laughs> was, but everybody there seemed like they thought Notre was going to lose all of a sudden. I was but, last
0: to the party. No, but point taken, Pete. But I, I just, I don't think Notre Dame plays that way this game. I just don't. I don't I mean, either. You know, yeah. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, how forgiving North Carolina's defense is. And the weather's supposed to be great, right?
1: Six, yeah, sixty-three and partly sunny. So that takes Michigan off the table.
2: Yeah, you know, I know Michigan was barely favored in that game. Um, so this is kind of a, this is mildly empty, but book is twenty-eight. No, favorite.
0: Right, and that's the other thing. Book is playing at a level that you know we really haven't seen.
2: You could call them twenty-eight one if you want to call Michigan the two-point favorite or Michigan the you know they're like a two-point right. underdog, in Michigan, but. They played like they should. That that stat shouldn't count because of Michigan, no matter how you want to look at it. <laughs> but yeah. they this is the team this is the only team, to put it, North Carolina, that can upset Notre Dame this year. Clemson will be favored again, and Clemson was clearly favored the first time. Clemson's probably better than Notre Dame with Trevor Lawrence and their older players back, and they will probably beat Notre Dame in a close game. Notre Dame should be North Carolina in this game.
1: And what? Like North Carolina's ranked twenty-fifth. Which you know it takes them out of the it's a thirty game win streak I think over unranked competition right. for Notre Dame right now like oh, North they were, Carolina uh, is is
0: more unranked than ranked. Did they get bumped in because they were they, they weren't did. in the AP poll? They were twenty fourth in the coaches poll. Yeah, they're going, deep, deep going into the weekend, yeah, they're
2: just so they, ahead of Michigan and Penn State at twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. That's the uh... <laughs>
0: You like that, don't you?
2: I just don't understand what I'm watching. It's just like, what what happens to you to go that far down?
1: There's...
0: I was you... so upset
1: when that game went to triple overtime. Oh, I
0: know. That's oh, a, a,
1: a worse overtime game since Notre Dame-Texas in
0: 2016. <laughs> Talk about a coaching mismatch. Greg Schiano against Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Judge Arthur Vandalay, what do you make of the red zone performance against Boston College? After settling for a field goal on the first possession, Notre Dame scored touchdowns in the final six, not counting the run out the clock possession. Did you see anything from the BC game that gives you confidence for the red zone offense going forward?
1: I mean, I, I just looked at Skoranek's three touchdowns because I, I don't think that this questioner is looking for an analysis of the four tight end set where it's just like, just run over somebody. Um, you know, the, the first play, great catch by the receiver. The second touchdown, the quarterback keeps it alive. Receiver is on the same page in Boy, sort of a scramble was drill. Like that was that's, a,
2: that's the play. You, that's the play Pete. Ian Book's keeping that alive was amazing. Yeah. That's what we thought of Ian Book all year coming in.
1: And then the third one was a great play call, great play design where you have trips left and Skoranek is, I think in the number one position or number three, I guess the inside receiver. And then the two outside guys cut in and he goes behind them and is wide open in the corner of the end zone. So that's, it's all those things. It's the receiver making a play. It's a quarterback playing like a fifth year senior. And then it's a great play call by your offense coordinator.
0: It's also a two yard rushing touchdown and a one yard rushing touchdown. And then book scrambled for a touchdown and it was a, it was a walk-in it proved, it proved to be a walk-in. So yeah, he's great I don't know that. if we can, and, and BC had come into the game with decent, decent numbers in red zone defense. Um, but the Skaronic plays. You know, we had been we had just been talking the previous week about wide receivers not making a play in the red zone, and and he made three with uh, with you know in, in tandem with the quarterback making plays.
2: And I think uh, if you consider the last some of the last few misses have been what three of them are on Michael Mayer. That's not going to continue, right? He jumps. Mm-hmm. He jumps as a false start. He pushes off against BC and he drops a pass against Florida State. I wouldn't. I don't see that trend continuing. That's three that's three of their last stops down in the red zone where they where they didn't score touchdowns is Michael Mayer mistakes. That's he's learned from that. He's too good to keep that up, I think.
0: Who J N D fan? North Carolina has not faced another defense statistically as good our, as good as Notre Dame. However, what's more important to minimize the win? Run or the pass? I guess we've kind of I think we've already I think one minimizes the other, and we I'm not too. sure that it's the other way around.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first letter of RPO stands for run, so I would take that away first. There you go. And that is clearly will be the
2: focus, and we should throw in there, um, not only not as good of a D, but not as physical of a defense, and that's where Notre Dame can make make a difference on some plays too where they're pounding North Carolina. Um, But despite North Carolina scoring 30 points, they can still be pounded um, over four quarters where you kind of break at the end
0: they just don't have, you know, I mean, I like the two Fox kids that, you know, they're, they're different bodies. You have the one coming off the edge, number 12, and you have the one inside, but man, they're just, you know, and then Surratt again, we talked about this last week, I guess that, you know, laterally he can make a lot of plays. He's a former quarterback. He's an athlete. He can run, but when it comes to to the level of physicality that he needs to play with, or if you get the Gemmel kid in the, in pass coverage, um. You know it's Carl. It's kind of Carlo Calabrese like in in pass <laughs> wow. You can uh,
2: <laughs> shots fired. <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> a,
0: is Gemmel,
2: he on Is he on Antavian Edison? Because that would be pizza yeah. there as he watches. Yeah, Gemel's
0: just Gemmel's a, a downhill. Yeah. You know Mike linebacker, Uh and and he's forced to. You know they run the they run the the two deep safeties, and so it's kind of Tampa Two like where he has to drop back deep in in coverage, and it's it's not it's not good. It's not an asset. There was a second part to this question, and that was pumpkin or pecan pie.
1: Oof, that's a Michael Floyd, Golden Tate. Word. <laughs> I
0: think I right, to go I'll, to I'll p- jump in
2: then and say Tate this- is pumpkin pie, and I'm going pumpkin.
1: Okay, I'll go, I'll go pumpkin as well for this week. Like Both are great, but this week in particular, that's, that's when the pumpkin pie shines.
2: I'm only taking this week into account for my answer with Thanksgiving
0: traditions and such we used to when I was a a kid we would go to my aunt's house and she would they would have they would have is a pecan or pecan
2: depends on where you grew
0: up I guess it is if you they would have pecans which were grown in Georgia by priesters pecans and so my aunt would make pecan pie with that, it's probably more information than anybody wants well, to know. My
2: my issue with the pies are I am not a huge baked goods person. Actually, I could take them or leave them for the rest of my life. However, appetizers and the Thanksgiving meal is something that's really good. And after I eat those appetizers, you know, like you're sitting around, and less so this year since there will be no party. But when you're sitting around and grazing before the Thanksgiving meal, I'm just pretty full. When the pumpkin pie comes around, I
0: can't. You you don't don't, you're not well. a bake. I don't Love's love baked died? goods. I
2: can turn around. I can turn away baked goods. Other than that, um, um, older grandmother that was making cookies in the Dallas Cowboy press box. Right. Was, yeah. Those baked she goods. Was very skilled. He was skilled, Wait, and uh, I, I would be just, hard to be no.
0: I uh, be, were you dropped on your head as a child? What's the deal? <laughs> just,
2: like, it's the thing I can turn down. Like everybody has vices they can turn down. I. Baked goods is mine. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I
0: don't get down baked goods very often. All right. Well, i choose pumpkin with that dollop of uh, whipped cream on top. And our Hello. last question, our last <laughs> cool one. Uh, Jim Booney, CRS underscore, what are your thoughts? Wait, we've got a question after this. I apologize. Uh, what are your thoughts on Riley Mills stepping in as the main back at defensive tackle behind MTA? And how has he looked to you guys up to this point?
1: I mean, really, it's what Jason Adamolo was out Um, yeah, Yeah, So I'm not, I think he's been fine. Um, he's a freshman trying to play a man's position, which is pretty tough. Um, the fact that the coaches trust him enough to put him in the game, I think that that's the most significant part more than any evaluation from us of how he's played.
2: Once I thought he's getting off blocks now that he maybe had no chance of getting off prior because he was, had never gone against college offensive linemen that knew how to block someone his size. And you, you know, you kind of grow into it. Um, I think it would be great if they had Jason had to be able to back and allow Riley Mills to continue to grow though, because as much as Justin has really had a better year, probably uh, in fairness to Jason, he missed for two different reasons. That'll add up in this, in this era. Um, he still makes some plays sometimes when he's in there. I uh, be interesting next year with all three of them back. I assume I assume MTA would come back. It has nothing to do with COVID. MTA missed a year of football. He's you would think he would come back for his fifth year. He's not ready to go pro.
0: And I would think that Howard Cross the third. Yeah, you know, I mean he. Oh he, yeah. Was, yeah. he was playing through technique. I know that they've kind of sort kind of have moved yeah. moved him and nose tackle, but I would still think that he would be an option. Uh, I'm actually a little bit surprised that he's not ahead of Mills, but they really like Mills, and I would agree with you, Tim. I think he's doing a better job of getting off blocks. And, Pete, you talked about him, you know, having to do a man's job. He's pretty damn close to being a man as a true freshman. Yeah,
1: that's for sure. Totally agree with that. He's physically super impressive.
2: Pete, or Tim, to your point, uh, he did get uh, 10 fewer snaps than Riley Mills, but Howard Cross, now they don't care about snap minimums, but Howard Cross was the second highest rated Notre Dame player by Pro Football Focus against Boston College.
0: Oh, interesting. Only 14 snaps. Drew White was number one. Oh, okay. Well, and he deserved that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I still think Cross is probably in the mix. Okay, our last question comes from uh, Double underscore Domer Scott. Let's assume Clemson keeps its off week before the ACC championship and that it's a game versus Florida State. The the Florida State game is not rescheduled. What are the chances of Notre Dame successfully pushing to have its game against Wake Forest canceled so that it gets the off week as well? Is that more likely or is it more likely that the ACC says – to Clemson that you ha- you have to make up the game against Florida State?
1: I feel like it's more likely that both games get played than yeah. neither. Um, I did want to try to get Ryan Kelly on the record about that on Monday, which I didn't really ask the question very well. Because um, basically what I wanted to know was, Clemson refuses to play, will you also refuse to play? Um, that's kind of the question. It's I probably a little early for Notre Dame to decide that.
2: I think Brian Kelly is going all in on we played 11 games. We were 11-0, and 0, and so what if Clemson beat us in a rematch for an argument in the college football playoff realm, and I don't blame him. It's, he started it by saying we've already played a Big Ten schedule, you know, a week ago. We have to beat Clemson, and it's, it's a good Yeah, point. But,
0: it, but it gives you a better chance to beat them a second time if Clemson's not playing – or if Clemson Probably. is playing Florida State on December 12th. I mean, yeah, I, think, for sure. I think the yeah. ACC – I think the ACC has to step in here and and level the playing field, right, one way or another? I think so, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, the situation seems totally under control, so I have no doubt in my mind. uh, Well, wouldn't they
2: have – here's the question for you. I mean, if Clemson – they should make Clemson play because if Clemson loses, then Miami can go in.
1: Oh, true. They cannot. They cannot. Uh, You have to be within one game, um, like the head-to-head Trump's winning percentage, if you're within one game of games played, Miami is already – Canceled this week, and that for, I think it's uh, like I forgot
2: that, Miami canceled. Yeah, yeah. Forgot and that game
1: is actually it's pushed to December nineteenth. The ACC has said if Miami, oh that's right, if that's right. Miami was in the ACC championship game, they would not play. But for that to happen, Clemson would have to really fall apart. I mean, they would have to lose to Pittsburgh, or Virginia uh, Tech, yeah, and, and maybe that too.
0: Okay, guys, let's wrap up with predictions.
1: I like my idea of playing Miami in the first of all as an inside in the
2: conference championship game a little bit more than beats reality there but oh well that's
1: fine fine. uh i i just think that for how interesting and exciting this game will be to watch because of both quarterbacks that notre dame is too good on both lines um for the game to be a one score game late in the fourth quarter so uh, notre dame 37 north carolina 27 i think that notre dame will control pace a little bit to i hesitate to say artificially keep the score down but i think that Tommy Reese will sort of play defense a little bit with the style of offense that Notre Dame's running, which is just fine. And it will make the impact of both lines uh, even bigger than it already is. I agree with the lines.
2: Um, I think it gets score gets a little looser. Um, Notre Dame has 21 touchdown drives that went at least seven plays. They have 19 more drives that went seven plays and didn't score touchdowns on. Now there's a lot of field goals in there and some mistakes in the red zone. But that's 40 drives of ball control. And, you know, six drives can be ball control too. There has to be cutoff somewhere yeah. They're They're going to control the ball in this game. Um, not many three and outs. They've had six in the last four games. That's wow. a hallmark of, Wow, that's a heck of an offensive effort there. Um, I'm in the 44, 36 range with North Carolina getting some points um, later on. I don't think you can contain Howell the whole time. Um, I mean, what do we say if you're up 42 to 20, either they're still getting two more touchdowns. So, I feel like that might be why the spread wasn't six or seven, because smart people in Vegas would know it may not end that way. Um, but the Notre Dame could control the game, and I think the key is, in addition to the lines, is that Ian e. Book is going to kill them scrambling, because yes. all year long, all year long, they've had problems with scrambling quarterbacks.
0: Uh, they He's absolutely have. Them. That's a that's a that's a good point. That's a. I think screen the screen game too. I think is going to be open for Notre Dame as well. I'm thinking I, I, I'll i have the prediction on Thanksgiving. That'll be a first where all of our predictions will be on Thanksgiving, but oh, yeah, uh, on, on Irish Illustrated. But um, I mean, I'm thinking contrary and under, but I tend to think Tim that my goodness, I, I don't, I'm not sure how that happens. I would expect that over underline to continue to go up between now and Friday wouldn't you.
2: Yeah. Which makes me wonder if I could possibly be right in any possible situation here. Cause it's just dumb money, but I don't, I don't know how late points don't make this go over. That's how I, that's how I would think of this. Yeah. Maybe maybe they love Clark Lee's defense as much as we did, other than against this team. I just think
0: North Carolina will score some points. What was your prediction? 44?
2: 36 I'm trying to let it get a little loose, a little strange. You know, some yeah. strange things happening out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. That can happen. All right. We appreciate everybody joining us here for Irish Illustrated Insider. Everyone, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know that's probably going to be a Thanksgiving that's different than what we're accustomed to, but uh, let's all try to make the best of it. Thanks for joining us on Irish Illustrated Insider. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated
2: Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.